Welcome to The Schooled Podcast, a podcast about Christian schooling. We believe that Christian schools are a countercultural, revolutionary movement and a significant part of what God is doing in the world today. Join us as we explore the Christian schooling movement, its origins, its purpose, and its future. Welcome to The Schooled Podcast. This is episode eight. Episode eight, and actually part two of episode seven. So uh, at the risk of getting confused, let's move on. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) So last episode, Jamie, we were looking at uh, the five top pressures facing Gen Z and millennials, according to Gen Z and millennials. That's right. So the Barna Group and World Vision uh, recently released a study where they have interviewed over 15,000 millennials from around the world, across different cultures, across different continents, and uh, have come back with some really interesting information Mm, and feedback from the generation. And uh, a big part of that that I found really interesting were these top five pressures facing them. And so last episode, we talked about three of those five. And so those, those three we talked about, we talked about the search for identity, which I think is a, it's a big one for yeah, everyone it's huge. asking that question, who am I and who am I really? Mm. Number two was fighting anxiety and asking the big life question of how should I live? Yeah. And then the third big challenge facing the current generation uh, was experiencing loneliness and asking the big question, am I loved? Yeah. Am I really loved? And even though they're so, or we are all so connected, there is this disconnect, isn't there? That's right. And, uh, so we looked at that. So if you haven't actually listened to that podcast yet, we encourage you to go back and listen to that one first because that'll make more sense of this one. And we really, we really landed on that whole idea that uh, you know Jesus talked about how you, we, you'll be known by your love for mm. one another. And uh, we need our Christian schools to be lighthouses of Christian love. Yeah, um, genuine, authentic. Yeah, yeah, and and help a generation start to answer that question of am I loved? Mm. Uh, But they're not the only challenges facing millennials and Gen Z. Uh, From that study, there were two more uh, major challenges facing the generation, and that's what we want to talk about today and uh, unpack a little bit. And so the fourth one, and I found this really interesting actually, the fourth challenge facing millennials and gen z is the challenge of harnessing ambition Mm. and asking the big question of life what's my purpose yeah that's a that's a huge question isn't it yeah everyone kind of wants to know like why why am i here you know yeah and and what am i what am i here to do see the the first one's the search for identity Mm. that's the big one who am i Mm. but up here number four it's now not just who am I, but what am I supposed to do? Yeah, and, and like we do want to do things that have a purpose. No one wants like a current generation desires to do jobs that aren't just jobs, but they give your life meaning and purpose. Yeah, I, I guess a lot of people actually want to make an impact and do something good, but they want their their job or their purpose. It, like it really feeds into who we are. Yeah, they want, people want it to matter. Mm. And we've seen that just in our society with the rising of conscience consumerism. Yeah. Uh, you, you see th- things like organizations like Tom's Shoes, mm. Charity Water. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even in our consumer society and uh, engaging with that, people still want to be a part of something mm. that's making a difference for the good. They do, yeah. It actually, And I mean, that's important. And those, those companies are doing amazing things and kind of really flipping... Uh, the model of what it means to be a big company on its head. But it does, 
I guess, make people question a lot of like, well, if I'm not doing that, then what's the purpose of what I'm doing? And, and I guess we know that without God, like we each have this this seed of greatness to do something good yeah, in so our life. Every single person is made in the image of God. Yeah. There is something great on the inside of every person. A hundred percent. But then without God, then that can be easily become corrupting. Can't yeah, it? absolutely. And that's part of the human condition. Mm. And so I guess that's like where we see sort of self-promotion or narcissism and a continued lack of of peace due to that just a constant anxiety whether it's that low level ambient anxiety or something's more controlling and the rise of social media has obviously affected that and helped yeah. fuel a lot of that you know you can um you can create purpose but your purpose is really based on how good you look or the thing that you do yeah so that's unhelpful it is there was a really interesting statistic and it's an american statistic uh but it said that two out of five teens in the USA today believe, genuinely believe that they will be famous or prominent at some point in their wow. life. And I guess that they've probably got more 40%. chance. 40%. They've got more chance than you and I. They do. <laughs> in, they've probably got better chances than teenagers in any other generation yeah. because, of the, because of the state of the world. But uh, isn't that, isn't that is, interesting? Because being famous is actually a really important thing. To a lot of young people, mm. like it's for older generations, it can often be you know, uh, not held with such high value or sort of seen with a bit of skepticism. But for a lot of young people, that it's a genuine desire to to be famous. Yeah, uh, and not just teenagers, like Gen Z millennials, um, you know, eighteen to, to thirty five year olds. That that's a strong drive. And you look at, I mean, a lot of um, reality TV is built on people's desire to become famous. Yeah. And this is not just teenagers. I think it goes back to younger, younger ages because I was speaking to a group of year five students yeah. just in the last week and one of them and a, and a few of them were all jumping on the bandwagon. His aspiration, like, what, what do you want to do with your mm. life? I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah, okay. And he's been watching like Minecraft celebrities um, playing Minecraft online and he genuinely, he's, he's seen his dream. That's what That's I want to do. I want to be, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to play games professionally yeah. and talk about it and have people subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, you know, it's possible. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually, um, it's, I mean, it's probably hard. Like that's not my dream personally. Um, so, you know, like good on him. And I think sometimes <laughs> for us, that's sort of where that disconnect lies, yeah. as, you know, where we just go, really? Like even gaming or the idea of, you know, kids just sitting and watching someone else play games on YouTube to us seems mind-numbing. But to them, that's, that's huge. Mm. You know, that's, that's important. It is. And so I think the part of what we're grappling with here, and we've, I think we've talked about this in a previous episode, is the difference between prominence and significance. Yeah, totally. And we have a, a culture that our children are growing up in mm. that uh, puts being prominent and famous uh, very high mm. on the, the ambition scale yeah. of what I want to do with my life. But what's on the heart of so many young people, uh, if it's harnessed mm. correctly, is a life of significance. Because the Jesus narrative for life is very different to the secular narrative yeah, that, yeah, is, that is being preached mm. by our society and as christian schools we have a we have a challenge and a responsibility and a mission to preach the counter narrative the yeah. jesus narrative of living a life of significance but sometimes that means not being prominent yeah i mean jesus life kind of re and following the way of jesus really actually leads to more obscurity 
than fame, doesn't it? You it's know, what it's about. It's giving, giving up yourself. And, and that is a hard one because we do see value in if you have a, and even in the Christian world, if you've got a good message, then we like people to be prominent and significant and have used their platform well. And we see that as, as something of high value. But you look at Jesus' life and hardly a, a life of fame, you know, yeah. in that sense. And, and he preached the message, mm. whoever wants to be great should become the servant of all. Mm. If you want to gain your life, you have to lose it. There. And that's the that's the gospel message. And that's where the... Uh, that's that's where the truth lies mm-hmm. when we're helping our children and young people answer this generational question yeah. of what's my purpose. It's tricky. You can't like in this, we can't easily just walk up to any young person and just say your dream to become famous is, you know. Wrong. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. like, so, I mean, in that, what, what then, what then is our approach? You know, instead of just going, well, hey, I've got the right answers here. You know, this is the way you should do this. What what then do we do we do as a school? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, and uh, we we want to be really clear when when we're speaking to children about what we're for, not yeah, what we're against. So rather than saying that's wrong, wrong, hmm. wrong, wrong, uh, well, actually we've got a higher truth yes. and and a and something better to hmm. pursue. Yeah, and so I think discussion around character development yeah. and the importance of integrity. And uh, those kind of things are really integral to mm. our Christian schools. That's true. I, think, I heard it some years ago, um, someone talking about how your ability can take you so far, but it's your character that actually keeps you there. That's right. And, and I think for our young people, I mean, even in a school where, you know, we want kids to excel and to do, uh, do brilliant things with, you know, uh, with their knowledge and their abilities, but we want to develop in them a character where their foundation is built on Jesus. That's right. So that even if they do something incredible, that their character is solid. So, you know, that, that there's a that, solid foundation. That's it. You know, yeah. a young person of integrity and who knows that their value actually comes from Jesus, not just from the thing they do. Yeah. And that, I think that goes a long way to mm. answering that question uh, of, what is my purpose and harnessing that ambition. Ambition's not wrong mm. in and of itself, but it can be destructive totally. if left unchecked. Mm. And so harnessing it, funneling it in the right direction, yeah. in, in the Jesus direction yeah. uh, is such a gift mm. that we can give the children and young people in our school. So to look out for that, yes. to see the spark of ambition, not to crush it, but to divert it yeah. and to mo- move it in the right channel, in the right channel direction. The right direction. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. I like it. So, so yeah, number four then. So, harness the ambition, what's my purpose? And yeah. Uh, really, yeah, building solid character in young people is incredibly important. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Number five was, th- this was interesting, Was th- and this was millennials describing themselves. Mm. Uh, their number five challenge in life is feeling entitled and asking the big question of life, what matters beyond myself and it's this big existential kind of question of the meaning of existence and what really matters uh i i was i was surprised at that not not i guess at the concept but at the wording of that Mm. that that's that's what came out of this survey but and the fact that they picked that up themselves yeah because i think a lot of people now would call millennials or gen z entitled and they are the generation that grew up when where everyone gets a trophy that's you know, right. You'll get a ribbon, yeah, and uh, or you um, go in different competitions, and everyone everyone receives a certificate. 
That's right. You know, which was meant to help, but really just showed that you didn't get a distinction. It's the quote from yes. the, uh, the the movie The Incredibles. There's yes. a quote in there where uh, one of them comes home with an award and he, he says, oh, everyone gets an award. And he says, it's just a celebration of mediocrity. <laughs> Yes, totally. It's my favorite. It's, it's my favorite show. Great, great movie. So, um, so it's it's interesting. But I I think there's see postmodernism has has taught us that everything is relative and subjective, yeah. and the world that our children have grown up in, you know, it's it's the it's the postmodern era. It's where architects can design a building that has a staircase that goes nowhere. Mm. Because who are you to say that a staircase is supposed to go anywhere? My my staircase is that's not how my staircases work. And there's this relative, uh, subjective way yeah. of seeing the world. And in an exploration of reality, I think uh, it has sucked a whole lot of meaning mm. out of life and and truth out yeah. of life. And so no wonder, okay, the, the criticism of young people is that they're entitled, but the social gospel that they've been preached is nothing really matters. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Things do matter, but that's subjective and it mm. may not matter to anybody else. And so is there any wonder that we've got a generation asking this big question, mm. well, does it really matter? Because yeah. the generation before me has told me that it doesn't. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of stuck and then being blamed for feeling this way yeah in a way in a way absolutely so i mean the interesting thing was in uh so in um david kimmon's book faith for exiles which is an excellent read he talks about uh talking with a group of leaders uh in the states and asking for their opinions about uh gen z and millennials and and just some they were throwing around different words and some of the words they threw out were selfish lost hipsters tech savvy flakes entitled foodies self self-absorbed lazy and then courageous and that was the first positive thing passionate sincere uh, pressured underparented or unparented and overparented oh both both yeah yes. which is interesting and and he said mentions that this isn't a just a modern problem that back in ancient athens there were criticisms from from older people over the younger generation every generation has criticized the young generation that's right yep. And it's an age-old problem. But then um, he actually goes on and says, uh, but here's our question, who raised the millennials? And how is it that the people who raised them are the ones complaining uh, most about them? And so I guess that that's that thing where we can we can see the problem. And I think we've sort of mentioned this with some of these these issues. It's sometimes easy to, to find the problem, but not so easy to provide a solution. Yeah. And you can yeah, get sit with any group of people and people can find problems about something but rarely provide solutions. So it's it's a fascinating thing. But then he goes on and, and says this. So he actually looks at the answer to this problem mm. and it's actually countercultural mission yeah, and wow. taking our kids on the journey of countercultural mission. He says, being countercultural means being dead set against entitlement in our lives. And to do that, we've got to work to develop the muscles of sacrifice and service. And the scriptures point this way, we must decrease so that Jesus can increase. And then go on talking about how the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So, yeah, that idea of engaging young people in countercultural mission. Yeah. And in service mm. uh, beyond themselves. Yes. He mentioned service and sacrifice. Yeah, wow. Which is huge. Yeah. And so we have a huge opportunity in our Christian schools mm. to embed service and sacrifice as part of what we do mm. in our culture. So there's explicit ways we can do that. Uh, and particularly as children get older, 
the opportunity to do service and mission trips, mm. I think is so important. And a lot of schools do that. We have 40 of our outgoing year 12 students from our school are going to Vanuatu in just a few days time yeah. and as an alternative to schoolies. So rather than engage in something self-indulgent and destructive mm. on the Gold Coast of Australia, uh, we've got a group of students who are engaging with a countercultural approach to how we finish school and saying, rather than do something self-indulgent, I'm going to do something selfless yes. and, uh, and engage with helping other people and using my gifts, my resources mm. to better the life of a community who I'll never see again. Mm. And I love that. It's so good. Yeah. And every, every year when they come back, you hear from those students and they all talk about how amazing it was. And they, they're raving about it. And for many of them, it is a life-changing experience. Yeah. And I never hear that from students coming back from the Gold Coast or from schoolies in Bali or whatever. You know, you really hear it was the most amazing life-changing experience. Generally, it's come back with their tail between their legs and, you know, yeah, stay quiet. Definitely. But the kids who come back from Vanuatu, because they have engaged in something that's beyond themselves, yeah, something bigger, and, and then it actually fuels those other things of what's my purpose in life and why am I here? Yeah. Because they're doing something that actually matters and isn't just fueling narcissism or entitlement yeah and so we and so i see that as at the end of school Mm. that's an amazing celebration of our culture and and a a culminating event Mm. but there are ways to embed this all the way through the schooling Mm. journey for young people and i think it can start as early as kindergarten maybe not taking them on a mission trip to a developing country but we can we can take them down the road yeah Uh, we can take them to the table across the room mm. and um, encourage them to do something that costs them something yeah. but is for the benefit of somebody else. And that's a uh, – it's not just a nice thing to do. Uh, it's part of forming a whole well-rounded, um, God-orientated mm. person. Yeah, and that's so important. And I think that is that is one of those things. You don't want to wait till after you're 12 to start that. We mm. want to be um, – taking kids on that journey. And I think that you see when, when young people get a hold of that from an early age, you see how grounding it is for them through the teen years yeah, and where everything sort of points to me and you can get so, teens can get so stuck in their head uh, that helps them to see beyond themselves. Yeah. So I remember uh, in recent years, it wasn't that long ago, we were running a program in the school uh, called We Serve. Yeah. And it was a day where we took out all the students. We, we set aside the whole program for the day and everybody went on different service projects mm. around the city and around the school. And w- with this in mind, yeah. that it's about forming character and forming a perspective of life beyond yourself. Mm. And so we had some students uh, helping in town with programs with the council. Mm-hmm. We had a backyard blitz happening not on a neighbor's mm-hmm. property um, who needed some help. Uh, we had all kinds of, all kind putting together hampers yeah, okay. for people in poor com- poorer communities uh, to be able to go and deliver those. And so lots of, lots of awesome lots of good things. Yeah. And then things happening around the school too. Some, yeah, okay. some of the middle school students went to junior school and helped clean their classrooms. Yeah, and some awesome. of the senior school students went to, went to another part of the school and, you know, scrubbed the walls and, and it was a really great thing. And for the most part, uh, people were really supportive yeah. and thought it, thought it was fantastic. You recognise that what you're doing is countercultural, though, when you get pushback on something that yeah. seems so good. And so um, not just from students, but the feedback, I remember the feedback from uh, one particular parent was oh. that they 
didn't want their child involved in something like that. So they didn't pay private school fees to send their child along to do jobs that the cleaners are paid to do. Wow. And, and so... <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah, I was a bit taken back yeah. when, when, I, when I heard that comment. But then there were also, I saw there were people, students that didn't come that day wow. uh, who took the day off and the parents gave them the day off school. Because it was a you know, they pointless didn't, day. They didn't yeah. see any value in, in what was happening. Wow. And so we can look at something like that and become disheartened mm, yeah. and say, oh, or we can look at something like that and become really judgmental and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and pharisaical about what we're doing. Yeah. But I think there's, we need to look at it in a way and say, you know, we are in a battle. Mm. We are uh, doing something that is counter to the culture that yes. is out there. And so, actually, what would be more concerning is if there was no resistance, mm. if uh, everyone celebrated everything we did mm. and said we, we agree with and we like everything yeah. you're doing. I think if you're criticized for helping young people to develop a servant-hearted uh, attitude to life, then uh, that's something worth being criticized mm. for. Yeah. So, but it's interesting, it isn't is. it? And I guess we don't change culture by critiquing culture. We, we actually will change it by serving yeah. and by showing Jesus to our, to our community mm. and just, I guess, staying on message, just still doing the same thing, not giving up, not kind of then you know, engaging in a battle of ideals, but then just going, no, we're just going to keep serving and loving people. Yeah. And over time, people see, yeah, have to see the benefit of that. Yeah, they, they do. Mm. I, I remember hearing um, John Mark Comer from Portland mm. speak. It was only a few months ago. And he shared this message and it was about, oh, he was talking, it was Ephesians 6 and it was the armor of God and yeah. everything. And he made this statement that was really profound to me. And he said, you know, when you're doing ministry or you're doing what you've called yeah. God to and it just feels like a battle. Yeah. And, I, and I thought, yeah, I totally get that. And he said, um, what ever gave you the impression that it wouldn't be a battle? <laughs> like the, the Bible says, we, we war, and yes. we battle, we, that, that there's an enemy. And so it's part and parcel with the ministry and the calling. It that goes there, with the territory. That there, that there will be a tension. What we want to make sure is that the culture that we are fighting for and fighting from mm. is the Jesus culture. Yes. So good. And I think sometimes we do get a little confused about the battle. You know, we think that the battle is, well, we're looking for something else instead of going, no, that struggle right there, that's, that's the battle. That's the battle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an ideological battle a lot of the time. Mm. And when the Bible talks about strongholds, yeah. uh, and that, that's, that's what we're warring against, principalities and strongholds, they're ideologies and mm. thought patterns and ways of thinking. That's why yeah. the Bible talks about do not be conformed to the patterns of this world or the thinking of this mm. world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Following Jesus is a different way of thinking. Yes. And so we're not just bringing our children up in to obey a certain number of tenants, mm. but we are bringing them up, hopefully, to be countercultural individuals who think differently to yeah. the culture around them. That's excellent. That's good. And that really, I think, sums up our aim in these sort of five, five big pressures, doesn't it? That um, in the end, showing the love of God to each other, to our students, to our community. And so to show the love of God mm. to our children and young people, we have to have the love of God. That's it's very not true. it's not a it's not a strategy or mm. something that we can attach on. Mm. Uh, the, the love of God is something real and it's something tangible, mm. and it's something that needs to flow through us. Yes, 
And so I think it's really important that I think all of us need to be having time with God, time in the word and letting that refine us. Mm. And as we abide in him and are continually transformed ourselves, the overflow of that transformation can flow into our classrooms. That's really, really good. Yeah. And the young people that we're influencing. Mm. I think that's like especially we, we hear so many messages and we see verses and you read quotes and see all these encouraging things and and they are good, but there's uh, nothing greater than just abiding in the presence of the Holy Spirit and receiving like real strength and real peace and not just sort of more head knowledge, but actually experiencing that. And I know that I need that every day. Mm. And um, I'm guessing you probably do too sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> It's true. So as you're listening to this, may you be blessed as a mother, as a father, as a teacher, an educator, as someone who has influence over the lives of children and young people. And our prayer is that may you have the wisdom to know what to say, the grace to know how to say it, and the courage to do it even when it's hard. And when it is hard, that God by his Holy Spirit would lead you in all truth, that you would know his power and his grace everywhere you minister and lead today.